Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Well, we're starting a new series today, Colin. We're going to go back to the Psalms. I think it's some years since we've talked about the Psalms, isn't it? The Psalms are a wonderful wealth of truth for us. And we're going to focus especially on the revelation of God that we receive in the Psalms. Uh, You know, everything about our Christian lives really revolves around who we believe God to be, the kind of God that we believe in. And this is the wonderful wealth that we get in Scripture because both the Old Testament and the New Testament is a revelation of who God is. And the God of the Psalms is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus came to make it possible for us to know his Father personally. And we always have to remember that the scriptures that Jesus and the first disciples used when they were preaching uh, during the the days of Jesus' ministry were the scriptures of the Old Testament. And they were showing that the ministry of Jesus was a fulfillment of everything that God had done through the law and the prophets, through the Psalms and the whole of the revelation of, of the Old Testament. So there's a wealth of meaning here for us as Christians. So there's an, uh, there's an aspect of the Psalms then that makes them prophetic? Uh, they're prophetic, um, but even, even more than just focusing on the prophetic, they're revelation. Uh, you know, God can only be known through revelation. And so uh, the scriptures reveal to us who he really is. And we can, we can start right at the beginning. We're going to sort of work our way consecutively through and um, see the, the wonderful unfolding revelation of the nature and character of God that we receive in the Psalms. Um, one of the few things that I did when I studied theology at university that was of real permanent value to me was I, I had to do a, a thesis on this subject of um, the nature and character of God in the Psalms. And it was a wonderful, wonderful time for me just going all the way through the Psalms, discovering uh, what is revealed here about God, about his personality, about the way in which he works and operates. It gave me a tremendous understanding of God that I didn't have before. And if I remember rightly, I got some pretty high marks for it, I think because I was just so excited in the revelation of of truth that I was receiving. So that's what you're going to open up for us today. Where are we going to start? Well, we'll start with Psalm 1, which is probably the best place to start. And here in verse 6, we have this statement, The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. Now, here is the first, if you like, revelation of God that we're receiving. The Lord is the one who watches over his people. Now, he's not watching watching over us to see what we do wrong so that he can keep pointing out every error and every sin. In love, in mercy, in grace, in compassion, he watches over us in love. He cares about us. He's concerned about us. And the wonderful thing, Julia, is that God knows everything. Uh, it, it was wonderful when Jesus became man and lived on earth 
that one of the reputations that he had was he knew everything that was going on in people's lives. Well, of course, in heaven, he knew everything. And God knows everything. There's nothing we can hide from him. We can't hide any of our motives or intentions or anything. But it's it's not a negative thing. It's a wonderful, positive truth to know that God watches over us. Now, this word does say he watches over the righteous, those who are living in righteousness. You remember Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. It doesn't mean that God watches over the perfect, but he watches over those actually who have been made righteous in Christ and who are seeking to love the Lord by obeying him, by pleasing him, by letting their lives truly be lived for his praise and glory. And God watches over us. He cares for us. He protects us. He is with us. He's concerned about us. In all things, he is working for our good. So that word watch, it doesn't just mean to say that he just literally watches us. It, it's, it's, a very, it's a very active thing that he does. It's he, like the watchman who cares and he looks out for us and he's, he's concerned about us. It, it, it's, it's a, a word of, of, um, of great love, really. Now, we can contrast that to the opening of Psalm 2. He watches over the righteous. Now, Psalm 2, why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. There are so many people in the world, you see, that do not seek to walk in righteousness with God. They walk in their own ways. They want to please themselves. They want to live for themselves and for their own ends and purposes. There is a sense then in which they are operating against the Lord. It isn't that they're under his sovereign love and care and protection in the same way. But then the scripture says, the one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Now, here we see something else about God. When people oppose him, it doesn't faze him. He, 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 you know, it doesn't upset him. He knows that people continually oppose him, misrepresent his word. Um, they abuse him. They even abuse those who love him, uh, just as they abused Jesus when he was on earth. Light came into the world, but men preferred darkness to the light because their deeds were evil. So the Lord knows that it doesn't matter how much opposition there is, nobody can dethrone him from the throne of heaven. Nobody can dethrone him from being the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And he knows that in the end, he will always have his way. The Lord has the last word. Uh, So it says in verse 5 of Psalm 2, Then he rebukes them in his anger, and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. Now, the anger of God is real. We must understand that. Um, God's just and righteous judgment upon sin is that sinners deserve death. And and, uh, if, if you like, that eternal separation from him is the outworking of the wrath or the anger of God. But he doesn't want to destroy us in his wrath. That's why he sent his son to be the savior of the world. That's why Jesus gave his life on the cross. He bore the punishment that we deserve. He he took all of our sins, all of our infirmities upon himself. He suffered the punishment that we deserve because of our sin. And by his stripes, 
we are healed. This is the love of God in sending his son to actually suffer what we deserve to suffer so that we can be set free from that. But of course, if people don't put their faith in Jesus, they remain, as Jesus says, under condemnation. They remain the objects of God's wrath rather than the objects of his love. Yes, he, he, he loves, he loves even sinners, but they're still under judgment. They're still under condemnation until they put their trust and confidence in Jesus. Then he saves them out of his wrath, out of the condemnation, out of the judgment that they deserve. And what he's saying in, in this particular psalm is that he has installed his king on Zion, my holy hill. Now, that's a, that's a prophetic word about Jesus. Jesus came to the earth. He suffered for us on the cross. Then he was raised up. Then he returned to heaven triumphant. Uh, which is where he now reigns as king. He reigns in majesty in the holiness of heaven. But we, those who believe in him, are the people of Zion. We are the holy people. And so we are those who acknowledge his rule, acknowledge his reign. We're not against him. We're for him. And he is not against us. He is for us. So we don't have to be afraid of his wrath. We don't have to be afraid of any judgment or condemnation because we put our faith in all that Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. So to put this psalm in a nutshell, Colin, in order for us to be to benefit from God watching over us. It's up to us. It's our decision, ultimately. He wants, that's his heart. He wants to watch over us. He wants people. relationship with us. Remember, sin destroyed the relationship that he had with Adam and Eve. And, and uh, Jesus came to restore the relationship that God wants to have with man. But he will never force relationship upon us. It's always up to each person individually to decide, to determine for himself or for herself what relationship with God they have. So, you know, it's true in a sense that every one of us uh, who's listening now has the relationship with God that we've chosen to have. It may be there are some who don't know him. Well, you can choose to know him. And, and if you want to know him, then you can surrender your life to him and ask him to forgive you your sins and say that you want to know him, that you want him to become real to you, that you want him to come in to your life and be the Lord of your life. Uh, it's acknowledging, you see, that Jesus Christ is the Son. And although this is the Old Testament written 700 years or so before, um, uh, sorry, a, a thousand years really, before uh, J Jesus was, was born, uh, yet there is so much prophetic uh, truth about him. See, it says in Psalm 2 verse 7, he said to me, you are my son, today I have become your father. So this is looking forward to the coming of the Son, who is going to take us out of the anger of God and bring us fully into the revelation of God. Uh, and uh, then there's verse 8, Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them in pieces like pottery. Now, uh, you often hear Christians take that verse 8 as if it's applying to themselves. I will... I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. Well, now that's strictly speaking not true because this is a scripture that refers to the inheritance of Jesus. Um, he was he saying of Jesus, the Son of God, I will make the nations your inheritance. Why? Because he gave his life for the nations. 
Uh, and uh, then he's saying, I will make the ends of the earth your possession. He will be Lord over all the earth, and he will rule with his scepter of authority over all the earth. He will rule in justice and in judgment. But if we belong to Jesus, then we share in that rule, we share in his reign, we share in his kingdom as the children of God. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 